Hi, friend. Thanks for popping in to listen to this surprise bonus episode of the 8,000 Promises podcast. I'm your host, A.D. Tilford, and today's episode is a conversation between my friend, Andi Mejia, and I. We met over the summer and had a conversation about friendship, which was perfect for my podcast season two on relationship. And because I'm just so new at so much of this, I really messed up and it took me a really long time to figure out how to make sure to get the audio available. And I had it just in time to set up a surprise bonus episode for you all while I'm on sabbatical. We talk about how to find friends, how to decide whether friends are the ones we need to spend our time with, how to handle conflict. Everything good is in this conversation. We don't have it all figured out. We're still learning. But we're so excited that you would get to listen and share with us this journey of friendship. Thanks for being here. May awesome things happen for you today. Well, Andi, do you want to just go ahead? Actually, I thought I would start by saying that I've been doing these connection posts, all well, these connection lives all summer. And... I wish it was my idea to have done an actual connection with connection, but it wasn't. It was on his awesome idea, but I thought it was pretty brilliant to talk about friendship and invitation, and she really lives out what she talks about, my friend Andi does, and so I'm really excited to have this time to talk about what it looks like to grow friendship and be intentional about friendship and how we can do that as we're grown-ups who you'd think we'd have it all figured out, but obviously we don't. So, Andy, will you introduce yourself a little bit? Welcome to everyone who's here. Yes, my name, oh, hi. I see my friend Elena is here, so hi, Elena. <laughs> um, I'm Andy, and I'm friends with AD. We've been friends for two years, maybe, but only internet friends. We've never seen each other in real life person, which is so weird to say. But welcome to the modern world, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on the pastoral team at Life Church in Chico. Um, I have a husband and three kids, and I wrote a book that is hopefully going to be published someday. But that's where I'm at. Um, and yeah, I really think that adult friendships are very important, but they're also very difficult to find. And um, so that is something that we're going to talk about today, um, being intentional with friendship. So, yeah, I don't know. So for those of you who don't know anything about me, my name is Aidy, and um, I am also a writer. That's how Andy and I met. We were in the Lisa Turkers boot camp together. And we've actually maintained a friendship with another friend who's going to be my next podcast guest, which is super fun. But the three of us have met at least once a month for the last two years in a Zoom to encourage one another and reflect with one another and grow in our writing, but also really, I think, our relationship with each other. And it's just been a really special group of ladies to to get to maintain that friendship with. I was a teacher for almost, well, I was in education for almost 20 years. I spent some time at home with my kids. Oh my gosh, how cool. Another boot camper. Can you see the comments Weird. on yours? <laughs> yeah, I can see it. That's so crazy. Yeah, so 
so cool. So uh, Rachel, who was on my podcast last, or she was my most recent guest. She was the winner of 2020, I think. Rachel, Rachel Hunt Elmer. That's so cool. Um, who was your coach, Jess? <laughs> just curious. Anyway, so I was in education for a long time. I'm, I just recently decided to stay home with my children again as they one is entering middle school and we're able to make that work. And I'm going to focus on writing and trying to get my work into the world as well. So that's why I'm here. Um, Andy, I found a... a little intro question for you that I didn't put on our notes, but I'm curious if you would rather eat unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life. And if you're in the chat, please tell us what your answer is. Sushi or tacos for life? Never, never, never sushi. <gasps> That's disgusting. Only tacos. <laughs> I think easy I've, question for me. I don't make sushi. I love Maybe we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> tacos too i think i'm picking sushi though so i'd love to know. see what the people what our friends here would also like but uh, yeah uh, that question you know is a fun way to start but i talking about connection i was thinking about some of the tools i had as a teacher and one really cool tool that we used was called first five and it gave just all kinds of different starter questions to get to know kids better, get to know each other, but I think they can be used with adults too. So for sure. So your idea for this was to talk about the idea of invitation and how we can build relationships as adults in this stage of life with invitation. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, so Something that I've always done, I think just it's comes from being a stay at home mom is that I was always alone with my kids from when my first daughter was born. And so this spirit of invitation just came from just a longing to not be by myself with my kids. And I think a lot of moms can relate to that, but um, I think it just goes beyond that, just inviting people into what you're going to do anyway. And I think that's how our friendship started. Like, I'm going to be writing anyway. Might as well invite someone on the journey, right? But anytime I go to a park with my kids, I always send out a text to, um, it probably annoys some people, but I send out a text to everyone in our mommy group and then just some of my friends who have kids my age. And I just say, hey, we're going to the park if you want to join. And more often than not, only one person comes or no people come, but um the ones that do come, like those are usually the ones who end up being my closest friends because they're willing to just, you know, oh, it's 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, Andy's at the park, let's go hang out. Um, and I think saying yes to that is part of it, but also just always inviting. And I'm not like creating these like amazing moments with um, like themes and snacks and things like that. We're just showing up at the park or um, I'm going to the library, who wants to come? Or I've even gone grocery shopping with my friends, which is weird and sometimes awkward, but it's fun because you're together instead of apart. And I think someone mentioned in a comment, I think to us that um, consistency is the key to adult friendship. And I think that's true in what I'm talking about. It's time. It's the time that you put in um, and you'll see who wants to put in the time for you too. So it goes both ways. Yeah, I actually think it was our friend Jess who's on here. 
uh, who was talking about consistency. Um, I'm looking at what she wrote here. Yeah, going to Walmart. My friend used to have a standing target date on Wednesday nights. I only made it like once because I had babies, but her and her friend would just like get a Starbucks and walk around Target on Wednesday nights. So yeah, I love that. And right in our in my podcast, Rachel had said something like go to Costco together. And I was like, Oh, yeah, what? A, it's so good. But I just did a Costco trip with my mom. And it was really a nice connection time uh, as well. And sometimes it's hard. My mom works really a lot of hours in the summer. So that was like one way I could partner up with her and get some time with her. So I like the idea of just doing something you're already going to do a chore. I, th I think one of my connection, actually my last connection post was about doing chores with your kids, but why not do chores with your friends or with somebody, right. somebody who you want to be friends with? Yeah. And I also, I run to exercise. And so there, a lot of the friendships I've made at church, I wouldn't say a lot, probably like three or four have been like, Hey, I run. Oh, Hey, you run too. Let's run together. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, 20, 30 minutes of uninterrupted by yourself without your phone time. So um, it's been really special, those friendships I've built um, through running. And even with my kids in the youth group, I've run with some of them too. And it's a similar connection. It's, yeah. Yeah, my, one of my girlfriends just asked, hey, do you want to mountain bike? And so we ended up inviting our husbands too, but we ended up on a double date mountain biking in the morning. This is the only time we can be outside. And it was really fun. But here is my one question, Andy, for that is like, how do you breathe and talk? Because if I run with people, I'm not doing too much talking. Um, whoever ends up having to spill their guts is definitely more tired than the other person who That's listens. Totally but fair. <laughs> I always think hiking is easier for me with, with talking. That's um, true. That's another one. But, you know, I think what has happened also out of that, I like that just put sometimes it's about the one-on-one -on -one time with God. If if you don't get the person to like accept an invitation, I used to really get sad. I'd invite people to go hiking or mountain biking and nobody would show up or nobody would be able to go. And I used to get really sad. Like I would feel really, I don't know, rejected, I guess would be the best thing to explain it was just feeling rejected. And uh, that is where I learned to be with God. And so I think about the great gift I had in those times where other, where people said no, but I learned that I was not alone in mm -hmm. that. And from that, actually my church, we've developed a ministry called Pray and Play. And we do activities that I was doing a lot of times on my own. We, we just do them when we invite people to come. And mm -hmm. if people come, they come and we never, we, we do some signups if we're going to have food, but a lot of times we don't even have signups. I just did an early morning hike last week, two weeks ago, like early, like before the sun was up. And, um, I actually had a bunch of people kind of saying they were coming. And then the day before I had a whole bunch of people, um, they emailed me and they couldn't go, but my one friend who could go she and I showed up like we had the best hike. We ended up talking about things. I don't, we never would have talked about if anyone mm -hmm. else was there and mm -hmm. it was really beautiful and important. And what I was grateful for is that I was tempted to cancel the hike because so many people had canceled mm -hmm. and it was 
was so early. It was, I had to get up at 4.45, which I know you're fine with, but I, that was super <laughs> early for me. <laughs> and instead I said, no, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And it was just such a wonderful experience with my friend. And I got to know her a lot better because it was just her and I. And I, I think that's part of it too, is friendship kind of comes with sacrifice. Um, and I think when I had little babies, it meant that sometimes I looked a mess when I went to the park with my friends or I came and my kids had no shoes on. Oops. I hope we survive, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, and I think now it looks like, you know, um, I'm not trying to brag at all, but I get up at four 30 to meet with my writer friends, you and Nancy. Um, and I would not get up at four 30 on my own, but I think the friendship that I get from that is important. And I think we, oftentimes they're like, oh, well, that's not convenient for me. Or, oh, I already had plans to like go to the grocery store, but she's inviting me to the park. Um, and sometimes we have to be uncomfortable and say, okay, yes, because I want that friendship or I'm going to move that around because I feel like this is an important thing for me to do. Um, and I think that's hard, obviously, to show up a mess or to have a really bad day and go meet someone somewhere. But I think that's where the friendship happens. And that's, Someone asked about like deeper relationships. Um, and I think that's where the deeper relationships come from is showing up with your vulnerability and being like, it's 4.30 in the morning. My hair's a mess. I'm tired. <laughs> but I'm going to show up because I want to talk to my friends. Or at, at some point, I showed up at 4.30 a.m. and you guys were still strangers. So, um, but it like becomes a friendship because of the time and because of the vulnerability of being just yourself and uncomfortable. So. And I think about yeah. some of the inside jokes that have grown. For instance, I would like meet out on the deck in my really hilarious robe that my yeah. seven-year-old daughter had bought for me. And <laughs> I will wear it. And these friends, they know what I look like in this robe, yeah. uh, even though I would never be in public <laughs> right. in that right. robe. Um, Nobody else has seen me five minutes after I woke up, except for you guys. So yeah, so we we have some inside jokes that have grown out of the the friendship. One of the questions that came in was, "How do you know who to go deeper with as a friend and who to stay superficial with?" That I feel like that can be tricky. I'm I get to. I get to teach middle schoolers about friendship. And this is literally the topic that is part of this curriculum for these kids is that like the quality of friendship is more important than quantity of friendship. But, you know, here we are grown women and we don't always know how to decide who gets more mm -hmm. of who we are and how that happens. What are your thoughts on that, Andi? I'll look at what Jess here. I think like what... I try to think about is, um, and I just read a book where there was a quote about find the people who are walking the same direction as you um, and kind of doing the same things as you. And that doesn't mean like superficial things. Like we both have seven-year-olds or we both, you know, although that makes it convenient, but it's more like, do you have the same values? Um, are you both chasing after God in the same kind of way? Um, and I think also, like I said earlier, it's about who responds to the invitation and who gives you the time. Because sometimes when I invite a lot of those ladies in the mommy group right now, 
they have babies and I have a nine-year-old. So we're at different stages in life. And sometimes I wonder, like, are we going to have anything in common or whatever? But I think it's really the people that say yes are probably the people you want to invest in because you don't want to be chasing friendship. You want to be, you know, valued. And obviously they value you if you're saying, if they're saying yes. Um, and I think we all know like, like what our red flags are or things like that. But, um, you know, God kind of calls us to love all people. So um, going deep in friendship, I think, is different than loving all people. But um, we can still give little parts of ourselves at different levels. But I think the deeper I go with people, you kind of can hash out like how much you can share or not kind of a thing. Um, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. I last year, I was, uh, I was serving in a leadership role in my church or in my church, in my uh, school job. And one of the things that came out for one of the teachers was that they were really longing for friendship in, in that space. And so we kind of brainstormed different ideas. And I thought, well, you know what, when I was a brand new teacher, I looked at like some of the other people who were similar to me and we started having a lunch together. And mm -hmm. so over the next several years, we became better friends. We actually, this is real cheesy. I'll just be vulnerable here, but we called it hot chicks lunch. That's what we called it. You're welcome. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Little confidence booster. Yeah. And I actually just had lunch with two of these gals, uh, this, this summer and we all were cracking up, you know, here we are in our forties and we were all just cracking up about our 20 year old selves and hot <laughs> chicks lunch, but it really was this wonderful thing. So I brought this idea to this this teacher that I'd been working with and we decided to start a lunch group and we invited her whole team and the first lunch almost everybody came and then it sort of was on and off throughout the rest of the year but we had lunch every other week together I brought questions from if gathering which is Jenny Allen's ministry and we printed them off I kind of pulled out the ones that specifically referenced God because it was a public school but we ended up talking about really great things. That set of questions had like a shallow level and a go deeper level. And it was cool to see how sometimes a teacher would pick the go deeper level. And instead of talking about the students and the work that obviously united everyone, we started to learn about hobbies and we started to learn about the heart things that mattered to the people that we worked with. And it was one of my favorite things that I've gotten to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And it did take time and consistency. I guess that was it. And it was really through who kept showing up that we just, you know, that it was. I like that you've said that a few times too. You'll see who maybe is the person to go a little deeper into relationship with as people keep showing up. But with that said, I felt like this question was pretty this is tied to this. Why does God allow us to not have deep connections and different seasons of life? So I, I'm curious, I've been thinking about this since I read it yesterday. What does that mean or look like? I think for me, at least it kind of, it depends. We moved a lot when I was a kid and so it can feel like that. Um, but I think deeper connections have to be built and they have to be, um, at the, 
the biggest like thing about friendship is time. Like you're not going to get a deep connection the first time you meet someone, you know, you have to like put in a lot of time. So I think those seasons where either we've just moved or are like my best friend moved to New York a few years ago. Um, and that felt like, Oh, now I have no deep connections. But what I really was doing was building those deep connections through a lot of what felt like at the time, superficial things. Um, but all those superficial things added together become deeper. So I don't think it necessarily means that like God is allowing us not to have deep connection. I think he's allowing us to build it. Um, and if we can be intentional with building it, then those deep connections will come. Um, I think it can be hard, especially with COVID. And if anyone, I know a couple of my friends moved during COVID, which seems like its own special kind of torture, but, um, I think if, you know, just keep doing the superficial things and something deeper will come, you'll find that person um, or that ministry you can get involved in or something like that, where you're going to find those deeper friendships. Yeah. And I'm thinking too about what Jess said earlier and just sometimes the seasons where people aren't showing up and we get this opportunity to experience God in that space. Mm -hmm. And realizing, I know if this sound, it sounds cheesy, Jesus is, he promises to be our friend. And so how do we know or, or understand that friendship if, unless we ever have some space? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm reading Jess's living in a military community. People are always coming and going. Yeah, that could be, that would really suck. Like just constantly having change. But, you know, education and, and work environments and public education also feel like that a little bit. The school that I was at, that's part of what was happening. This teacher that was her second year there, but there had been like 18 new teachers the first year, then 17 the next year. And so a lot of schools are seeing that too, or, or teachers in these workplaces where they're not having the same group of, of people to work with. And so, yeah, how do we... How do we get intentional about those seasons? Embracing when we get to have that time with God to grow a relationship with God. I'm, I'm actually really thinking about how intentional I need to be in this next year. One of the reasons I loved working was the relationships with people that I got to have. And so mm-hmm. Sam, my husband and I have been talking a lot about what does it look like for me to make sure I'm having lunch with people and not like going out and spending a ton of money. I'm not making money. So I need to be thoughtful about that. But how can I pack my lunch and go eat with some of the teachers at their schools during their lunch breaks and continue these relationships? I mean, I'm going to have to be the one who does that. I'm the one who has to be intentional there. But they'll mm-hmm. have to say yes. And then they'll have to be intentional on showing up if, if that's going to happen. I think, I think one of my real struggles in friendship has just been like, if I'm in the space with people, I can be vulnerable. I can open up. But when I'm not, I let, I let go a little bit too easily. Like I'll lose touch. So Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good conversation for me to have and really think about how I, how important it is to maintain friendships and be intentional Um, in that. But I I also, I I also think that one-on-one time is super important to depth. Because like I said, I, I did Bible study with this friend that I went on the hike with. We talked about a lot of important topics. 
we saw each other on that hike because it was just the two of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and there was some, there's some choice to let the other person see what was going Mm -hmm. on, but that just sometimes can't happen unless you're hanging out one-on-one. Yeah. And I, I think too, just, you were talking about the change in friendship and, um, you know, different seasons. I think that happens a lot with younger people. I work with the youth at my church and I feel like every new school year, it's like a whole new world of friends because you're in different classes or do different sports or some of these kids are going off to college. Um, and it can be like, whoa, I have to like make all these new friends and I have to do all these things. But it's really, again, about time and about intention. Like, who do I want to go after? Where do I want to plug in? Um, who in these classes is like, at least for me, I was like, who in these classes is paying attention? Because I want to hang out with them. I don't want to hang out with someone who's not paying attention. Or um, who in this sport seems at the same level as me? Um, or something like that. Um, and in college, just looking at, you know, who can I be myself around? Who can I really, if I talk about God, they're not going to just like go crazy and shun me or something. But they don't have to be Christians, but at least be, you know, a little more accepting of who I am. Um, and so I think in different seasons, you do have to be alone, like you talked about, and be okay with that and be okay with just asking God to send those friends and just getting closer with him, but also um, being intentional with inviting and being okay with saying yes to something that maybe you don't love. Ooh, yeah, um, so, so, yeah, I have friends that they love to do like fancy things and go to tea and things like that. And sometimes I say no, cause like whatever, something comes up or something, but I have learned that like, if I want to hang out with them, sometimes I have to do things that I don't love <laughs> and that's okay. And I did that a lot in college. It was like, some friends were like, let's go, um, you know, let's go walk downtown and shop. And I was like, I do not like shopping. But if I want, if I want to hang out with them, if I want to spend time with them, I have to walk around with them. So there's that too. My uh, real dilemma with shopping with some of my friends, especially my best college friends, because they are shoppers, and I actually really love shopping with them. And my problem is that I'll spend a lot of money because they're like, yeah, get it, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so that's always that's my dilemma. No, don't that. compromise yourself, eighty, for your friends. But it did look good. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I was thinking I have to head out here in a few minutes, but one other thing I thought we should really talk about was conflict and the level of friendship that we really want to have probably is going to include conflict. And sometimes I think in the Christian faith, we can be taught things like, you know, being a peacemaker is like keeping the peace instead of understanding that it is actually ensuring justice or ensuring that people are well taken care of. I mean, there's different, different, lots of different ways we could take this, but I was wondering if you have any stories of how conflict has helped grow a friendship or, you know, maybe even a story where conflict showed you that a friendship wasn't maybe the right fit? Um, I think 
at least for me, I'm pretty non-confrontational. So that has been something I've had to learn <laughs> how to do. Um, and just not sweeping things under the rug with your friends. Like there are some friends where it's like, they say something I don't like and I'm like, well, it's fine. Like, we'll just won't talk about that subject or whatever. But um, those really deep friendships that you want to keep and you want to be vulnerable and you want to be comfortable with, you sometimes do have to say like, hey, that hurt my feelings or hey, that's not cool. Or hey, when you said that to that other person, it sounded kind of judgy. Um, I have a friend who says that to me all the time. So <laughs> that's my fatal flaw. Um, but it's helpful. It's grown me and it's grown our friendship to where I can say stuff to her too. Like, um, And it helps us each grow. It helps us become better people. But I think if there's conflict where it's repetitive and it's painful and it's not serving you, um, not that your friends should always serve you, but if it's in the long run going to hurt you more than help you, I feel like that's where you um, can bow out. But have a conversation. Don't just like ghost someone. I think that's the term the kids use these days. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> don't just like quietly leave their life, but have a conversation. Be like, this is what's happening and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and I think Jenny Allen wrote about this in her book, Find Your People which if you are struggling with finding friendships, that's something to read. It was very helpful to me. Um, but just that, that you do have boundaries and you're allowed to hold them even in friendship. Um, and if the person's like, well, that's not true or I don't like that, then you've said your piece. So you don't, you know, don't have to fight with them. Just let it go. Yeah, I can think of a few times where I was so scared to have the hard conversation. I was so scared of what was going to happen that maybe we wouldn't be friends anymore. Really, that was my biggest fear. Mm -hmm. And in both of these situations I'm thinking about, the opposite actually happened. We actually became better friends because in that place of conflict, that rupture, which is what conflict is, right? We develop mm -hmm. a healthier attachment when there's repair on the other side. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's the ticket. That's the key to trusting relationships mm -hmm. is having that full complete cycle. And mm -hmm. when our, when we worked with this one therapist who really was teaching us about building that attachment, building that trust, what it looked like, I think that made such a huge difference to understand that within relationship, when you're doing life with people, there probably is going to be conflict. I mean, I mm -hmm. do have some friends where we rarely have conflict, like we, but maybe we're just not in everyday life all the time together. When we get together, it's more of like fun or hanging out. But I mean, there's still stuff always. But honestly, actually, I will tell this story. My friends in college, these are the friends I'm, I'm this is a 20 year friendship, 20 plus for our, 20 year reunion. And so we're 24 years of friendship. We all met freshman year of college. When I was a freshman, I was dating a boy who was really not good, but th this was a relationship that needed to end. And for the first time in my life, I had friends say to me, if you continue to pursue this relationship, if you continue to put yourself in this place, like we don't actually want to hang out with you anymore. Mm -hmm because we see how terrible it is and we see how hard it is and we don't want to keep being enablers. And I, remember, right. I mean, I was 18 years old. Maybe I was 19 maybe when they said that, but I just was this little young, I was a wounded kid. 
had a lot of unprocessed wounds and these friends said that and I actually realized that they were way more important than this guy mm -hmm. at that time which was a huge huge leap for for me where I was at but it also built so much trust that they would care enough about me to right. name something that was true I knew it was true that this yeah. wasn't a good relationship <laughs> but they named it and they said we don't want to hang out with somebody who's gonna not treat themselves well through this relationship right. I, I mean talk about they were pretty <laughs> that's pretty harsh but <laughs> they were brave but it was <laughs> important and they're still my they never said well actually I think when I was a senior they were like you need to clean your house <laughs> then we all were living together and they were like girlfriend learn how to do your dishes <laughs> I learned right. it I learned I learned good job see they grew you and taught you something that's true <laughs> and it was stuff that I struggled with but they were super important to me and they are worth keeping and I am so glad for them they have been incredible people to have in my corner and and I think that can be a good barometer. I think barometer is the right word for friendship is like, are they making you better or are they making you worse? Because if they're not making you better, then maybe that's not the friendship you want to invest in. Um, so, yeah. So true. And I love, yes, build each other up in love. I love that, Jess. I agree. That's such a, a critical part of friendship. Um, I have to go get my kids from animal shelter camp, but are there any last, we didn't get to forgiveness and boundary holding. Maybe we'll have to do this another time. We kind of talked about it in there a little bit. Yeah, we did. It was in there. Yeah. Um, Andi, anything, any last takeaway that you'd really love to leave our friends with today? Thanks for being here. I mean, yeah, thank you. I just think it's really about putting the time in being intentional and just inviting people into what you're already doing. Don't make it complicated. Just invite them to come with you with what you're going to do anyway. So, yeah. Yes, and in the spaces you're in, think about mm -hmm. ways that you can connect in the mm -hmm. space you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Andi. This was so fun. Yeah. We did it. I liked it. We can do it again. <laughs> Yes, thanks for being here this whole time. I'm not sure if anybody else was here, but thanks for participating. That made it so much fun to have you here participating. And hopefully we'll yeah. get to do another one. Maybe you can come on and do one with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I gotta go get these kids. They've been they're volunteering at the animal shelter for well, it's like a kid camp. How cute is that? So sweet. I know. So sweet. They're trying to get me to rescue some dogs. No, don't no do more that. <laughs> As a friend, don't do okay. that. <laughs> I won't. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, talk, I'll talk to you later, friend.